Okay, we're going to continue on in our worthy series that uh, Raphael set up for us. Today is going to be an eminently practical time of Bible study. and The theme is going to be worthy words. And be turning your Bibles over to Jeremiah chapter 15. And we'll get started there in just a few moments. Tomorrow is uh, Chris and I's 34th wedding anniversary. <laughs> 34th. Wow, that's a long time ago, isn't it? <laughs> Jeremiah 15. Right. Worthy words. Now I'm going to set up the, uh, the passage. The passage we're actually going to focus in on is uh, verse 19. But I want to set it up a little bit in the first uh, part of the chapter just to show you sort of what's going on in the context of of, uh, of what we will eventually read in verse uh, 19. He says, uh, Then the Lord said to me, Even if Moses and Samuel, these are like two Old Testament heroes, were to stand before me, my heart would not go out to this people. So how's God feeling toward His people right now? Not good. Not good. He is major league annoyed. And He's going to come on down and de- define in a minute exactly what He's talking about. Uh, he says, send them away from my presence. Let them go. And if they ask you, where shall we go? Tell them, this is what the Lord says. Those destined for death to death. <laughs> those for the sword to the sword. Those for starvation to starvation. Those for captivity to captivity. I will send four kinds of destroyers against them. Declares the Lord. The sword to kill the dogs to drag away, the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. I will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth because of what Manasseh son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem. And I'm not going to get into all what he did and all that, but we're just going to set the scene of what we're going to read in verse 19 because in verse 19 he's going to go to the positive. God at this time is very, very disappointed and upset in His people. And I think, you know, we don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about that other than to say, sometimes in the religious world around, you get the idea that, uh, you know, we should view God as, as uh, you know, God loves me, God, God cares for me, and God accepts me, and there's nothing I can ever do that would change that. Well, if you didn't read any other passage of the Bible other than this one, you'd get a different opinion, wouldn't you? I mean, obviously... God, our Father, can be happy with us or unhappy with us. He can be very happy with us or He can be very disappointed with us. And in this context, He's very disappointed. But then in nineteen, verse 19, He says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent... Now, what's repent mean? If you change, a change of heart that leads to a change of action. That's what repent is. If you repent, I will restore you. He says, hey, we can get things back together. That you may serve me if you utter worthy, not worthless words. You will be my spokesman. Let those people turn to you, but you must not uh, turn to them. Worthy or worthless words. I looked up this morning, you know, you can Google anything. How many words does the average person use every day? 
And uh, it, was, uh, it was quite an interesting uh, answer that came on back. One of the theories uh, that has uh, actually been sort of taught as truth, but now is being challenged, but we don't know whether it's true or not. No one's actually ever really figured this out, and I suppose someone might as time goes on, and this idea of how much do we speak per day, is that the average man speaks 7,000 words a day. The average woman speaks 20,000 words a day. <laughs> and this is uh, a pair, I mean, people who study these kind of things, that, that, was, that came from a study that now has been shown to have maybe been a little bit flawed. Uh, but it's actually been sort of the standard that's been accepted for many years in this area of how much do people speak. And like I said, now it's being challenged. Uh, no one can exactly nail it down right at the moment. But most people sort of quote this idea of 7,000 uh, and, and 20,000 of, of men and women. Now, I don't know if, if, uh, you know, if, if you're married, if you're thinking of your wife or husband, uh, whether that might be true or not in, in your case. I don't... You know, I've never really thought about whether Chris talks more than I do or not. Uh, you know, um, I think most of us, uh, mostly we're both pretty talkative people, so I'm not, I'm not sure. But, you know, uh, this idea of uh, 20,000 and 7,000, in other words, even if it's 7,000, let's narrow it down to 5,000. 5,000 words a day! That's a lot of words, isn't it? That's a lot of talking that might be going on in your life. Now, if you add to that, in the modern world we live in, of Instagram, email, Facebook, text messaging, then, I mean, you may be adding more and more on top of of what might be going on uh, in your life. And he says, if you speak worthy words instead of worthless words... It's going to be really indicative if you've really changed in your heart and and you want to be the kind of person that pleases me and pleases God, is what he's saying. I want you to think about your words here today. Really, that's what I want to sort of drill down on here a little bit. Your words. What do you say? How do you communicate to people? All of us do. And I really want to convince you today that what you say, what actually comes out of your mouth or what comes out of your fingers as you uh, type it uh, into your uh, you know, uh, social media type situation, these are incredibly important. You know, sometimes we'll say something, we'll say, oh, I didn't mean that, I didn't mean that. It's not that important. What we actually say with our mouth, according to the Scriptures, according to Jesus is incredibly important. Look over to Matthew chapter 12. Hope you got your Bibles out today because you're going to be using them. We have a number of different Scriptures to look at, but I really want us to uh, be sober-minded here for a moment about this idea of our words. Are we uttering worthless words or are we uttering worthy words as we talk and as we go about our life? In uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. Let's pick it up in verse 33 to catch the context. 
He says, make a, good, a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Now this is Jesus teaching. From out of the overflow of the heart... The mouth speaks. You know, a lot of times you say, oh, you know, I just, I, I, I was just talking. Now Jesus says, what comes out of your mouth is a direct indication what's really in your inner person, your heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good things stored up in him. And the evil man brings up evil things of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Let me read that again just in case you didn't catch it. This is Jesus here. You can't say, well, that's Paul and Paul had an attitude toward women. No, this is Jesus. Verse 36, But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. That's pretty serious teaching right there, isn't it? That's pretty serious stuff. Real important things there said by Jesus about our words and, and whether our words are worthless words or whether our words are worthy words and how we communicate and how we talk uh, to people around us. I want to speak for a moment here about social media. You know, this is a, a, an incredibly new phenomenon in the context of, of time and history. It just wasn't in the past that that, that, uh, that you have these kind of things where you would say it and it's recorded and it's just there. And, and uh, you know, for many, many people, they've, they've really gotten caught in this and that they, they will email something or they'll put something on Facebook or their text, uh, text will, will become a public thing and all, those, all of a sudden, what they said, they, they didn't mean everybody to hear it, but everybody heard it, if you know what I'm saying. You have to be very mindful now about what you write in those social media type situations because what you write and what you push send is out there. And your mother's going to read it. Your grandmother. Your children, perhaps. Your employer. Your employees. Your neighbors. We live in a time in this area of our worthless words or our worthy words in the area of social media. And social media is part of the real life, guys. I mean, some of us, you know, and I'm probably maybe as bad as anybody, I'm dragging 10 years behind everybody, you know. Uh, and, and, and I'm always behind catching up on social media and that kind of thing. You know, someone saw me doing a text the other day and they were like, Oh, wow, Marty text! Uh, <laughs> I really do! Uh, 
but you know, I realize by the time I get to something, you know, I'm, I'm two steps behind. And you know, before you know, I get there, we've already moved on, and that kind of thing. And and that's fine. I, I don't really, I don't really mind that. I was talking with one of my friends the other day, and I said, you know, I've never really gotten into the Facebook thing because to me, I don't really want to know everybody's business, and I really don't want them knowing mine. Um, and, and so, to me, it's not very enticing. I think to a lot of people, it, it's not just enticing; it's addictive. Uh, I, I've, I've got, I've got to share with the world as if, as if the world really wants to know, uh, you know, uh, how I feel, uh, or you know that, that kind of thing. And then, oh yeah, I, I love to follow so and so and every you know idiot thing they say on on uh, Facebook and that, that kind of thing because they say something stupid every ten minutes, uh, you know, and it, it's constant entertainment. You know what? what come out of their mouth next. You're on pins and needles the whole time, you know? And Instagram. I don't even understand Instagram, you know? I don't even know what I'm talking about. I know the word, if you know what I'm saying. But, careful. Yeah, that's probably true. But I learned a long time ago in this area of written communication, for instance, let's talk more about maybe Facebook and email. There are certain uh, uh, ways that this can be great and awesome and helpful to relationships and, and, and all that kind of a thing. But there's, there, there's, there's a way to make things work right and there's a way that you can mess it up quick. Yeah. Email is a great communication form to, to communicate information. Yeah. Meeting is Tuesday, 10 o'clock at the, at the Lewis. Look forward to seeing everybody. You communicated information. The information needed to be communicated, you communicated it, it's out there and it's awesome. Email is not a good place to say, Oh, I felt this! Oh my, here we go, look out, put on the cover, who knows what may be coming next. When you're trying to communicate feelings in a a venue like that, very, very quickly you better ask yourself, are these worthy words? Or are they worthless words? Are they words that are helpful? Are they words that are not helpful to the solution of, of whatever the situation may be going on in your life? And, and uh, you know, there may be some, you know, real way out there person, you know, uh, that, that doesn't even want to do any of that. And you say, well, I don't want to do that at all. It, it is the world that we live in. It is the world we are going to live in. And, 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 and my guess is it's, it's not going to like fade out. You know, this is not a fad. These aren't bell-bottom blue jeans, you know. Uh, it, it's not going to quit being that way. This sort of social communication that we have going on through electronic devices is going to be part of the real world. And so as a Christian, you've got to learn as a Christian, how do I live in that world and, and communicate wisely? Look over James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Really, this is all sort of laying a foundation here for what I want to really say to you. I'm going to get to in a minute. I'm starting to lay the foundation with these passages. James chapter 3. In verse 1, it says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers or preachers. My brothers, because you know that you who teach will be judged more strictly. That is true. I can tell you, as a person who speaks publicly for a living, I have to be careful what I say. My wife, all the way back, early on in our married life, she would pray for me before I would go up to speak. 
help Marty not to say something stupid. <laughs> Seriously. Help him, help him to not get really fired up and swear. You know? And if you're visiting today, that may shock you. Everyone who knows me well, hey, I, I, I get going, I get fired up, and you know, got to be careful. I know, I know none of you would ever be that way here. I mean, far be it from you ever to say a naughty word. Those who are going to be in a public situation, yes, you are judged more severely. And you are held to a higher standard. So you better be careful in your usage of your, of your words. That's what he's saying there. You, you, you are going to be judged more severely. You know, sometimes people get in the ministry like, well, I get in the ministry and everybody's on me all the time. Well, amen. That's what the passage says. You're going to be judged more severely. That's part of being in a public position. He goes on to say, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault. And what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. He's being a little sarcastic there. Now, look when he makes a couple of analogies here. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, we uh, make them obey us and turn the whole animal. A bit uh, that you put into a horse's mouth is really just a little piece of metal. Not that big a deal compared to the size of a horse. And sometimes if you're around a horse, you, you, know, you realize, man, horses are big animals. And, and you turn that animal by just a little bit there that you put into his mouth. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. But it makes great boasts. Consider what great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. Whoa. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The potentiality for you and I saying worthless words or worthy words is there. The potentiality of us saying words that are healing or words that are are condemning and damning and hurtful are there. I don't care how sweet you think you are. You can say things that can hurt. And that's what he's trying to say. That that nobody, no man, no woman is above this. Potentiality within all of us. Verse 9, he says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Now let me note, the fact that he says that it is in their lives is an indication that they were no different from us. That every once in a while they said things, then they were shocked that they said it and disappointed with themselves that they said it. 
And he's simply saying, guys, we've got to get this in, in, in order here. There's a certain way that we should be communicating. There's, there's a mistake you may make in your life. If you make a mistake, if you sin, you slip up, you deal with it and you go on. But there should be a general sense of, I want to communicate this way. And every once in a while, I'm disappointed with myself when I don't, but this is how I want to be talking. You understand what he's saying there? That's what he's trying to communicate to them. Can fresh water and salt water come out of the same spring? Obviously not. He's saying we've got to decide how we want to use our communication ability. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. These are very, very practical and impossible to misunderstand passages of Scripture about the possibility in your life and my life that we can say worthless words or we can say worthy words. Okay, here are my three points that that I want you to go away with. Okay, I'm going to give them all to you right now. Then we're going to look at a couple more scriptures and we'll be done. Number one, this is within you to control. These passages we've read teach very clearly that yes, we may do wrong from time to time, but it is within your possibility to control it. This is a choice that you make, how you talk, what you say to other people around you, how you communicate. Sometimes people want to take this position of, well, you know, I, I mean, quit, quit holding me accountable for what I'm saying. As if I, I just can't control it. Yes, you can. This is within your ability level to control whether you speak worthless or worthy words. Number two, this will have a tremendous impact on your success or failure in life. This will have a tremendous impact on your success or failure in life. Your ability to communicate well. If you are not a good communicator, you are, you are going to have all kinds of problems in your life. You're not going to have a good career. How could you? No one wants to work with you. No one wants to be around you. No one feels safe around you. There's no telling what may come out of your mouth at any given time. You're not going to be a good parent. You're not going to be a good parent to your kid. You're going to say things to your children. The, the, The very offspring of your life, you're going to say things to them that hurt them, that they will remember into their adult years. This, this issue of worthless words or worthy words is phenomenally important for us to get conviction about. I've got to learn. I've got to relearn. I've got to get better at communicating worthy words, not worthless words in my life. I don't want to constantly have failure in my life that is really rooted in the fact that I shot myself in the foot. The problem is not that everybody else is out to get you. It's that just give you enough time and you'll do it to yourself. 
Just get him talking. Just wind him up. Just get her going. Just get her drinking her, man. If you get her talking, she's it's gonna all come out. This number two thing here, it, it's, it's going to have a tremendous impact on your success or failure in life. And that's all talking about physical life. What about your spiritual life? Jesus says that the judgment, we're going to be held accountable. Wow. Whoa! I'm telling you, right there, I'm glad for the grace of God. I'm going in under grace on that one. Because I have said, out of my mouth, have come a number of things that I really don't want to be talked about on the day of judgment. And I hope to, 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 the, to, to your sense of inner honesty to yourself that you know that's true about you too. Our success spiritually is going to come to do we learn? Do, do, we, do we get good at worthless or, or worthy words? Are, are, we a, you know, are we a good cusser? Are we a good encourager? You know? We, we, we've got to look at success and failure of our physical life and our spiritual life. And, and number three, this is a lifelong battle. This is not something you deal with in your teen years and you, you, you get up into your 30s or 40s and you're like, oh, yeah, boy, I remember when I was a teenager, I used to struggle with that. But you know, there's some things in life that may fit that category, but this is not one of them. This is something that, that teenagers on the front row down here, my, my loyal teenagers, I love my teens down here, they're awesome. I mean, they, they, they are struggling with their, their usage of words, I'll guarantee it. Am I right? Go ahead and shake your head. We all know you are. So, you know. So, you know, the teenagers and then all the, uh, all the gray hairs and no hairs out there. I mean, you know, uh, this, this, this is not something you grow uh, up and out of. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I'm glad that time in my life is over. You know, uh, those hormones went away. No, uh, no, this is something old people can be as bad as young people at gossip. And, and sometimes you know, they're worse, you know. I mean, they've, they've actually practiced over the years and gotten better uh, at it, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, now, let's talk, let's talk for a few... We're going to end on the positive. We're going to talk about worthy words last, okay? Let's talk about worthless words here. Look over to Matthew 6, verse 7. Once again, this is a, a, a comment from Jesus about worthless words. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. You guys there? Matthew 67, he's talking about prayer here. And he says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Worthless words. Quit yabbering and babbering on in prayer. Say it and be done. It's what Jesus is saying here. God is not impressed for someone who goes on. I remember as a kid going to church, and this is, this is one of those memories I have. There was Brother So-and-so. I don't remember exactly what his name was. I think it may have been Brother Davis, but I don't remember. But uh, anyway, uh, Bedford. Uh, and he, he's he's, he's uh, long gone and everything, but Bedford, that he was a long prayer. And everybody in the church knew it. I knew it. I'm a kid growing up. I was, I'm not even a teenager. I'm not even on the front row. I, I'm a kid out there. I'm, I'm 19 years old. And I, I actually had a watch on him with a second hand. It was like, oh, Brother Davis is playing today. I'm going to time him. I mean, he... 
hey, God doesn't need that, okay? Just decide what you want to say, say it, and then move on. That, that, that's the way God is. So, that's worthless words. If you're just babbering on in prayer, just stop it. Have a, have a shorter prayer. Gossip and slander. Gossip and slander is worthless words. I can't tell you how many people don't go to church because the people at church gossiped about them and they found out about it. Someone said something about them. And they didn't say it to their face. They said it behind their back. They said it to somebody else. And they uh, subsequently found out about it. That's what gossip is. And they don't come to church anymore because they feel like well, the people at church are just a bunch of gossips. Now, do people at church gossip? Yes. Should they? No. It is a good way to think about your communication about each other in the church. That if you have something to say, say it to the person you're wanting to talk about. If you're talking to a third person about that person, uh, it's probably not the best way to go. Now sometimes we sort of disguise this by saying, well, I'm getting advice. I've got a problem with person A. And so I go to person B and say, hey, I need to get some advice about her. <laughs> now, that's a, that's a really good disguise. It can be true. But it is a really good disguise for I know I need to talk to her, but I'm really going to talk to you because I don't really want to talk to her and I'm going to talk to you about it to get advice. Maybe you need advice. My experience is is most of the time you don't need advice. You need guts. (laughs) Not advice. That's my advice to you. (laughs) If you need to go talk to her, go talk to her. Or shut up. By the way, shut up is not a cuss word. Just for, just for clarification, definition's sake here. Some families, you know, teach different things. But you've got to be careful. About gossip and slander. Guys, the church can be a breeding ground of gossip and slander. And, and I really urge you, don't be a part of it. Don't be a part of it. Don't be talking to somebody about somebody else, about somebody else, about somebody else. Shut up. Shut up. If you've got something to say to her, go say it. If, if, if it doesn't mean enough to you to go have a, a face-to-face, a man-to-man, a, a, over a coffee, and over a glass of wine, or whatever you drink, you know, over a Red Bull together so you can just all get jacked up and whack each other. I mean... <laughs> gossip is worthless words and it's hurtful and it keeps a lot of people messes a lot of people up spiritually yeah. and, 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 and guys we've got to understand you know sometimes we get this idea of well you know man we're, we're a church that follows the Bible and we're really trying to please God and all that amen you know what guys don't, don't be thinking about well our church is this or that or something else you know what our church is made up of people and people are sinners and we've got to be careful to not let gossip and slander be part of the church I don't want to be a part of the first church of Christ uh, slander you know congregation that's really not my idea of a great fellowship 
arguing. I'm going to talk about this particularly in the context of home. Arguing. Arguing with each other. Teenagers, you arguing with your mom? You fussing with mom? Mom, are you fussing with your teenager? Arguing. Arguing, fussing, fighting. You know, really, guys, I mean, the world's a tough place. Our home should be a, 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 a place to get away from the world and get along with each other. Does it really make any difference what TV show we watch? At the end of the day, flip the coin. You watch yours this week, I'll watch it next week. You know what I'm saying? I mean, quit fussing about things that don't make any difference at the end of the day anyway. I, I don't want my home. That was something when the kids were at home. Of course, my kids are gone now. But man, I just, you know, every once in a while you'd walk in and... <laughs> Cut it out. You know? That's enough. Stop it. Dad has to come in. Put his foot down, you know? <laughs> That's enough. Sometimes dad's the problem. Shut up, dad. Man, the home should be a, a place of, of, of getting away from the problems. Not, not a place that amplifies the problems, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and, and the last thing I want to say here about worthless words is saying critical, cutting things to each other. Critical. Well, hey, you put on a few pounds. Well, yeah, but, you know, we really didn't have to accentuate it, you know. And, uh, you know, just because something's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's as true as true could be, but it just isn't going to help any to say anything about it. Understand what I'm saying? This fits in the, in the category of worthless words. Well, you, gotta, you, you have more wrinkles than you used to. Oh, really? Thank you. And super appreciate you pointing it out. Super depreciate that. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, so that's worthless words. Now let's talk, about, let's talk about worthy words. What are worthy words? They're words that are part of the solution. <laughs> They're part of the solution. They're part of the solution, not part of the problem. Parents, challenge yourself. That the vast majority of things you say to your children are things that are encouraging, not correcting in nature, not noticing the, the negative, accentuating. Dad, you ought to be telling your teenage daughters how pretty they are on a consistent basis. Because the magazine they just read left them with all kinds of doubts about themselves. Why don't I look like that picture? Why don't I look like that picture? What's wrong with me? I'm too tall, too short, too big here, too small there. What's wrong with me? Nothing. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're a cute little chick. Let's go get a Coke together. Come on. Parents need to be building up their children, not accentuating that they didn't get a great. Well, you got a C on that. 
Well, so what? Is the earth going to stop turning? You fumbled the ball, son. Well, you fumbled it too, knucklehead, when you were there. Shut up about it. Be positive to your kids. Build them up on purpose, parents. Emphasize the positives. From the very beginning when they're just little tykes getting around and doing things. You know, they fed themselves. They got food all over their face. Hey, that was great, wasn't it? Man, you did a great job feeding yourself. (laughs) Emphasize the positive. Minimize the negative. Yes, there are times when you have to talk about things. Yes, there are times where you've got to have a talk. But are, are, are you having a talk all the time? After a while, if you're having a talk all the time, they're, they, they, you're out, man. They're not even listening to you. Because everything's negative with you. Emphasize the positive. You say, well, I'm afraid I'll spoil my children. Do it! All love children are spoiled. Now, does that mean you don't bust our tail when they need it? Does that mean you don't confront them when they don't need it? You guys have been in this church for a long time. You know me better than that. I'm not telling you to pussyfoot around with your kids and not teach them and expect them to be the children that God expects them to be. But my gosh, that doesn't give you a license to be negative and on them all the time. The, the worthy words from a parent to a child are encouraging and, and building up and protecting them from the attack of the world, the attack of Satan. And you do it on purpose. Is are worthy words of what you do. Worthy words are evangelism. Hey, where are you at in your spiritual life? Maybe you'd like to come out to church. Maybe you'd like to study the Bible with someone. That's a worthy word. You know what? Someone did that for you one day. And here you are today. And you became a Christian. That's a worthy word to share your faith with someone. It's a worthy word to encourage somebody. And to build them up in the faith. It's, a, it's an encouraging word, frankly, uh, even to correct someone if you correct them in the right kind of way. Yeah. Hey, I'm not down on you, but you know, we, we, we probably could have done this uh, a little bit better. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, I mean, so we all need correction from time to time, don't you? I do. I know that's shocking, but uh, you know, uh, I, I, I need correcting. I need someone to say, hey, Marty, you, know, you, you didn't do that right. You need to do it better. And, and that's okay. Those are worthy words that go on in our life. Okay, let's bring this thing to a head and, and help you go home with something. I want you to really remember the, the three points. Number one, this is within your ability to control. Worthy words or worthless words? You can control this. Okay? You may not be able to do a lot of things. I'm 5'9". I can't make myself 5'11". Okay? I can't change that. You understand what I'm saying? There's some things about our life we can't change. There are things in our life that we can control, that we can, we, we can get a, 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 a bead on. And this is one of them. You can control what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Now, you, now, 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 within the context of... Now, you're not going to totally control it. But, but it's within your grasp here to work on this and get a bead on it in your life. Number two, th- this, this is important, guys. It is going to determine a lot of success or failure in your life from your family to your marriage... To, to your business world, to your spiritual life. This, this is super important to success or failure in your life. And this is not something that just because you're uh, getting older that you've got a handle on it. 
it's important to understand this is something that you have to work at all through your life. When you're a teenager, when you're in your 20s and 30s, getting your life going and young married life and young kids and, and young uh, career and all that, all the way up to grandfatherhood and grandmotherhood and all that, that you know, sort of way off beyond me time of, of life. You understand what I'm saying? Old people, really old people, older than me, okay? Really old people. Uh, you still have to be careful about the worthless words in your life. I hope our study today has been helpful for you. This has been a real practical, hopefully, discussion and study of the Word of God that you can take away and uh, hopefully make good application in your life. Love you guys. You're dismissed.